Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This episode of Canada Land is brought to you by Douglas, a mattress that is trusted by more than 200,000 Canadians from coast to coast to coast. It's a great mattress at a very reasonable price point. Comes with a 20-year warranty and a great deal for our listeners. Douglas is giving you a free sleep bundle with each mattress purchase. Get the sheets, pillows, mattress, and pillow protectors free with your Douglas purchase today. Visit douglas.ca slash CanadaLand to claim this offer. That is douglas.ca slash CanadaLand. Hey, I need you to pay close attention to this message. It is not an ad. This is about CanadaLand and this is about you. You need to know that the news crisis is about to get a lot worse. You've heard about the layoffs. We're about to have news closures. And it's very likely that we're going to be seeing the defunding of the CBC. Where are you going to get your information from? What can you do about this? You can support CanadaLand. We need you to. And so for this month and this month only, you can become a CanadaLand supporter and get everything our supporters get for just $2 a month. That is an almost 80% discount. The clock is ticking on this. It disappears at the end of the month, and then we will not offer it. We need your support. We need to keep news coverage alive in Canada. Go right now to canadaland.com join. And thank you. The best of 2013, the top 10 best stories we've brought you on Canada Land in the year that was. Too soon? I've only got like 12 episodes before this one to choose from. Don't get me wrong, they were all awesome, but probably... Uh, a little premature to give you a best of list. You might be sick of the best of lists by now. Anyhow, so um, so let's not do that. Let's do something different. Let's look at the number one best episode of Canada Land that I didn't produce. An episode of Canada Land that would be important and relevant and exciting and interesting that for a handful of reasons I could not bring you. And I think those reasons are worth looking at. That's coming up along with the uh, state of the nation. We're going to talk about how this project is going so far. Been a while since we did that. Hang on for it.
This episode is brought to you by the Center for Addiction and Mental Health. Right now, there is an opioid crisis. Right now, there is a mental health crisis. But right now, it is Mental Health Week. And what that means is you can do something about these crises. You can help people. You can help CAMH save lives. They offer treatment with dignity, and they are doing cutting-edge research. I don't know if anybody listening to this is untouched by this crisis. You can see it in the downtown of every city in this country. You certainly feel it in Toronto. This is not something happening to other people. These are our friends. These are our communities, our families. We are all touched by addiction. We are all touched by the mental health crisis, and we all share responsibility to do something about it. Helping CAMH is something you can do about it. Help change mental health care forever. Your support will help CAMH build a future where nobody is left behind. Donate at camh.ca slash CanadaLand to help them treat addiction and build hope. This episode is brought to you by Douglas, a mattress trusted by more than 200,000 Canadians from coast to coast to coast. Trust is important. There are a lot of mattress lies out there, a lot of mattress liars and I, I, I didn't intend the pun, but it occurred to me that there is one as I was saying those words. Listen, I am not lying to you. Uh, I have uh, experienced the Douglas mattress. It is an exceptional mattress at a surprisingly affordable price point. It is a mattress that sleeps cool, doesn't have that weird thing in the summer where the mattress gets like an oven. It's a very good product. It's delivered to your house in a box. You don't have to go to a big mattress store. It is a medium firm mattress, which is what Canadians prefer, and it comes with a 365-night trial and a 20-year warranty. What more can I tell you? Douglas is giving our listeners a free sleep bundle with each mattress purchase. Get the sheets, pillows, mattress, and pillow protectors free with your Douglas purchase today. Visit douglas.ca slash CanadaLand to claim this offer. FreshBooks.com is my exclusive sponsor. These guys make the best invoicing and billing software in the world. Think about that. This company started in Mike McDermott, the CEO, in his mom's basement not so long ago, and now they have a product that is used by something like 8 million people around the world. They are a local homegrown success story, and they are giving back to this community of freelancers and contractors, this new workforce. That's their bread and butter. I love their product. I'm glad they're my sponsor. Check them out at freshbooks.com. I've been trying to do this episode for a while about the free pass that the press gives Stephen Harper in Canada. I've been looking for the right news hook, uh, something to happen to get me into the subject. I've been looking for the right guest, somebody from within that world of Ottawa media who knows what they're talking about and, and w would talk. So I, I've just been waiting, and then it happened. It happened. Harper was giving his end-of-the-year interviews to a cherry-picked handful of media sources. And it was just a farce, man. It was gross. It was just such softball stuff. You know, the way that this has been talked about, will Harper's scandal-ridden administration be able to weather the storm? Will he be able to evade accountability to the public? It's like we're talking about it as if it's something that exists outside of what we do in the media. He will evade accountability. He will be able to escape the scrutiny of these questions. What did you know when? Why did you change your story? Were you part of this cover-up? Did you know what Nigel Wright was doing? Why is there so much inconsistency in what you presented to the public? He will be able to avoid answering those questions directly 
if we stop asking them in the few occasions where he actually sits down to talk with us. And and that's what happened. There was really a sense to these year-end cozy chats of – We've put that to bed. And in fact, if you look at the headlines now, there are op-eds in the papers about how he's looking strong for the first time since all these scandals and, and, and Harper's on the rebound. And watching this unfold was driving me nuts, and it was driving somebody else nuts too. Andrew Coyne, political columnist for the National Post, a guy who is uh, funny and smart and whose stuff I read all the time, he had had enough on Twitter, he let loose, and uh, it was awesome. Sarcastically, he tweeted, man, Global really held his feet to the fire there. And then he just started to kind of pose what the interviewers should have said, what Mark Kennedy of Post Media might have asked Harper and should have asked Harper, and how incredulous he was at these bullshit responses the prime minister was given. Harper talked about this as an emotional issue that he felt really personally betrayed by Nigel Wright, which Andrew Coyne zeroed in on and said, yeah, is that why you kept him on for a week and praised him to the skies? He called it Harper's Oprah moment. And though he was critical of Harper, there was also an undercurrent of accountability that he was demanding from the interviewers. Why didn't you ask these questions? Here are the questions you should have asked. He was on a righteous tear. He really zeroed in on what is actually failing here. A politician evading accountability and trying to weather a scandal is not so unique. But a news media who refuse to ask him those questions, who refuse to hold his feet to the fire, that is the problem. And Coyne was just a hair away from identifying it as the problem. And I saw my opportunity and I shot him an interview request while he was fired up. Will you come on the show and talk about this? And as that was happening... Somebody out there tweeted to Andrew Coyne, wow, I I, I guess uh, Mark Kennedy shouldn't expect a Christmas card from you this season. And Coyne backed off completely. He kind of reframed his critique as if he hadn't been criticizing his colleagues, the interviewers. No, it was about the shamelessness of the interviewee. It was about Harper. He made all kinds of excuses for Mark Kennedy. It's, it's the limitation of the format. There's lots of subjects to ask about. You can't get into the weeds about every subject, right? And in a matter of minutes, I got a polite response from Andrew saying that he'd have to pass. He didn't want to talk about this on my show. And this is not about me. If this conversation was happening somewhere else, if it was just a question of Andrew not wanting to come on this show for any reason, but that conversation was taking place elsewhere, then I would understand. But the conversation is not happening elsewhere. Coyne wrote his column as a fictional interview between him and Harper of what he would have asked had he been the one invited. But of course, Andrew Coyne is not going to be invited by Harper because he would ask those tough questions. And so instead we get a, a funny piece of satire from, from Coyne uh, uh, making fun of the prime minister, but we get no discussion about the failings of the press that allows this kind of stuff to continue. And let me be clear, this is not a partisan thing for me. I have no interest or stake in bringing Harper down. This is about demanding answers to questions that are obvious. This is about the fact that our head of state has told us some lies. Calling him on that is kind of what we're here for. And it didn't happen. And it seems to be really hard to even talk about the fact that it isn't happening. And I get why. I I understand why Andrew Coyne would be reluctant to come onto this platform and criticize his colleague, Mark Kennedy. 
He's not alone. There are a number of people I've asked onto the show who say, yeah, I've got this opinion about this colleague that you're asking me to come talk about, but I don't want to make an enemy of them. Why would I do that? And I can't promise them that they wouldn't be making an enemy of these people. There have been some very thin-skinned responses to some of the content that I've had on this show. I know that at the highest levels of the Globe and Mail, they've been furious about this show. I have not been asked back on the CBC to do anything since I began this show. I used to get a call every week or so. And really, I don't want people to sabotage themselves. I don't want people to screw up their careers by talking to me on the show. What I want, what I'm hoping to kind of work towards is a greater realization that it's okay to be critical of one another in this industry the same way that we are critical of every other industry and institution. You know that thing that journalists do where we uh, afflict the comfortable and comfort the afflicted, where we ask tough questions? We need to do that to ourselves. It's a cultural thing, and it's the culture that I'm trying to play some role in changing, that things not be so chummy and incestuous, and that we understand that that's what we do professionally. It's not personal. That's the way things are in a lot of other countries that have a robust free press, free discourse. I think that that is really desperately needed here. And, you know, I I, I think that I I have to not get so frustrated that it hasn't happened yet, you know, uh, three months into this project. I think it's going to be really important to have a couple breakthrough shows, to have a couple of uh, high-profile guests who – are going to show a little bit of bravery and come on and have a conversation where we're not kicking anyone in the shins or or flinging mud around, but just talking frankly about problems within the Canadian media in general. And that's, that's what I'm just going to keep my nose down and, and work on in the year ahead. I'm working on some other stuff as well. I'll give you a little sneak peek at some of the shows that are in the works. I really want to do an episode on native content corporate content, sponsored content. You call it a lot of different things. What it is, is advertorial stories that appear on the news in the papers online that look like news, that look like editorial features, but there is a company that paid for them. And we all know that that happens, but I I think that it has really taken off in a way that most people are not aware of. And Papers like The Globe and The Star have in-house units where they have hired away journalists from actually doing reporting and journalism, and they're now creating content for advertisers that is not always easy to tell that it is paid content. I want to do an episode on meat, meat and the media. I want to get my butcher on this show. I'm serious. The The way that food health issues are presented through the media and the strange Canadian laws around the certification of organic meat, all this discussion of local and hormone-free and who's actually stamping that stuff. So much of this is fueled by what we read about food and our conceptions and misconceptions that stem out of that. I think that uh, doing an episode on food would be a lot of fun. You can look forward to that. Also thinking about doing something about hockey. I, uh, I don't know anything about hockey. Uh, A listener suggested that I I take on the um, old school way of thinking, that old school media approach to hockey and and, and bring some kind of other contrarian voice on. I have no idea what she's talking about. I, I wouldn't know where to begin. I think that the thing to do is to get somebody who does know to come educate me on the subject because I'm kind of a pathetic Canadian in this regard. And uh, that might be instructive to some of you as well. Working on an episode about porn, 
Canadian pornographers, new pornographers. Couple other projects in the work for 2014 on Canada land. Couple things that I don't want to get ahead of myself and promise, but I'm pretty close to locking them down. So uh, let's let's leave that. Let's leave that. That's that's all I'm going to say for now. I'm pretty excited about this stuff, and uh, I, I think you're going to like these shows coming up soon. Uh, while we're talking about the future of this show, let's uh, let's talk about the future of this show. A lot of people are curious about how it's going. And is it sustainable? I don't know. I don't know. This is uh, an experiment. I'm a guinea pig. I mean, this model has been proven sustainable in a handful of cases in the States. There are a small number of independent media projects that use podcasting and that use some combination of sponsorship and listener support Kickstarters, merchandising, this, that, and the other thing, and are actually able to sustain themselves. That I don't believe has ever happened in Canada. We are, of course, dealing with a possible listenership that is uh, 10% the size. So, you know, we'll find out. Uh, In relative terms, I know the show is doing well. I know that it charts really well. On iTunes, which is where you get some indication of how it's doing compared to other shows, the numbers are good and getting better all the time. The response from you guys is amazing. I get feedback every day that is so appreciated, that is encouraging, and that really makes me feel like I'm on to something, that this is a project worth pursuing with all of my energy. Thank you for that, those of you who've gotten in touch. Big thanks to those of you who have asked how you could do more, how you could support the project. People have offered to donate money to the show. People have asked me about sponsorship. I may throw up a donate button in the future. I may launch a Kickstarter in the future. Sponsorship right now, I'm exclusive with FreshBooks, very happily so. So what can I tell you? If you... If you want to help this show, what can you do? So as far as I'm concerned, if you listen to the show, you are participating in the future of this show. The numbers matter. Whatever future this show has, the numbers are going to play a role in whatever iteration, sponsored, crowdsourced, whatever it is, the higher the profile of the show, the better. So as far as I'm concerned, if you listen to the show, you are participating in the future of this show. If you want to do more, as I remind you at the end of every episode, recommending the show to other people is the single biggest help I can get at this point. I see tweets every day from people who are supporting the show and spreading the word. Thank you very much for those. Anything else you can think of would be fantastic. I know that when I listen to a new podcast, it's often you know more of a one-on-one transaction. Some friend has said, hey, there's an episode of Show X that I think would really appeal to you. So I think organic growth is the only kind of growth for a project like this. It's happening already. I see the growth. I'd love to see more. I need to do my part and keep making the show better and better and giving you reasons to spread the word. And that's what's going to happen in 2014. Happy New Year, everybody. Thank you for being a part of this. I'll talk to you soon. All right, that's the show. Thanks for listening to this one. Uh, Some thank yous because it's the last one of the year. Thank you to So Called for my theme song. Uh, Long overdue thank you to Josh for that. Thanks to Jay Delmar for the help in whipping the website into shape. Thanks to Tanara Yelland who helps me make this show. Thanks to Wilf Dinnick, to Ian Daffern, and to Felicity Gestrabo. No thank you of any kind to Corey Mintz. Thank you, everybody, for listening to this show. Thank you, Katie. Planning for your next trip? 
Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. A couple of years ago, a cop was shot dead on a deserted pier in the tiny nation of Belize. The only other person there that night was a frightened young woman found covered in blood. By all appearances, it was an open and shut case. But not in Belize, where this woman was connected to a mysterious billionaire who basically runs the place. Justice will not be served in this case. She's going to get away with it. Or will she? White Devil, a Campside Media original. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.